genre. Bueller. 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 Welcome back, everybody. Ferris Bueller Admitted Off, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the John Hughes classic Ferris Bueller's Day Off one minute at a time. I'm Gary Roby. I'm Scott Corelli, substitute Victoria. <laughs> and we have John Garcia with us once again. Welcome back, John. I, sorry, I just took too big of a drink of water before you said that. <laughs> Hi, I'm John. I'm what? What I'm character is this? Basically, <laughs> almost joking. I'm bad that. at everything I do. This is the character that's me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> the most natural John today. <laughs> today I am a mannequin with one arm. That's who I am. <laughs> Today, they were talking about minute 38, which starts with Mama Bear heading up the stairs and ends with a mannequin rolling over in its sleep. Mama Bear heading up the Mama sp- Stairs. The Mama Stairs. <laughs> the the, the mom, mom, Mama Bear Stairs. Mama Stairs. I don't like that. The Berenstein Stairs. <laughs> the Berenstein Stairs. <laughs> no, it's Berenstain! Uh I think I broke Scott temporarily. <laughs> okay. Well, we've, uh, we've already like titled this. Ep- yeah, we've already titled this episode and vaguely alluded to what happens in it. So I guess we're done. That's, uh, Perfect. Well, that's why they call it Ferris Bueller's yeah, Minute Off because it's a minute long podcast. We gotta talk about these synth jams because uh, this music is on point. Is this yes. is this is this just Ferris Bueller's score or is this like a like something that he like found and is playing? Do this you know? is uh, this is actually Ira Newborn's score for the movie. Oh. Um, yeah, I was gonna say, why would Ferris be playing ominous music in the background? This is <laughs> oh no, no, I meant, I meant, I meant, I uh, meant John Hughes, not not Ferris. Bueller. Oh. yeah, yeah, because there's there there's some songs like straight songs that that play through it. There's only right. a few. Um, like direct music cues that Ira Newborn puts in. And I think this might be the longest one at a minute and 20 seconds. Oh, it's so good. It's like, it's, it's like it, something it out of a John up, Carpenter yeah. movie. Oh, it's so yes, good. yes, yes. I was thinking that too. My note says that it's like a horror movie. Yeah. As she comes up the staircase. Cause we don't know exactly what he set up in his room before she opens the door. So it's, Oh, Oh, she's going to find out he's not there. The I, killer is in the house already. It's in the room. That's I love that. Every like the way that this that that John Hughes structures this movie is that you never know how Ferris Bueller is going to get out of a situation. And Mm -hmm. then you find out that he already has. It's like, yeah, it's like, oh, man, I wish I wish wish Victoria was here. He's like Ozymandias from Watchmen where he's like, oh, my God, she'd be so delighted because he because he like he already pushed the button like you always think like, oh, they're going to catch him. No, he already pushed the button like it already happened. Yeah, Yeah, it's too late. You think my mom's gonna open the door? Well, she already opened it thirty-five minutes ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's oh. why when she opens the door, there's a giant blue naked man. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love, I love too that you know you watch this movie over and over and again as you do because it's Ferris Bueller, 
And one of my favorite things that I noticed, you know, on like the 30th or 40th or 50th time I've seen this movie is that in his opening monologue, when he's talking directly to the camera about like the about licking your palms, he's Mm -hmm. already setting the room up for this. Yep. Like he's tying string around the around the trophy and everything Mm -hmm. and just kind of like absentmindedly. And you're not really thinking about what you're what he's doing because you're focused on what he's saying. But when you watch it later, you're like, oh, look at that. He's he's setting up. That's awesome. Well, okay. think about what he has to do. First of all, Ferris Bueller has a man has half a mannequin Mm -hmm. (laughs) owns it, just has it. Yeah. For some reason. For exactly this situation. That his. Well, he, it's normal enough in his life that his parents must not get suspicious because he's not. What is he, where is he going to hide it in his room all the time? It's normally behind the door, so when she opens the door, you wouldn't see it. Yeah, uh, just like uh, Rocky Gibraltar and Toy Story. Sorry, references. Um, <laughs> so he not only that, but you have to get y- several yards of twine. Mm-hmm. You have to drill hole. You have to have specifically drilled holes in the wall so you can set in those little loopy dupes. And you have to balance the weight exactly. You have to balance the trophy on because it's not like super tightly tied on. Mm-hmm. It's it it's still kind of like a, a balancing act. Like at first, I didn't even think that it was actually tied. I thought it was just balanced on. You have he, ter- Ferris has to go outside the room, test if the door opening does the exact thing that he wants it to do, then adjust it every single time that it that it's not exactly right. He has to then go back in and make sure that it will happen a second time, a third time. He needs to know that his his mom will not knock, not call his name, just open the door slowly. Mm-hmm. Not try and open it fast because we see later in the movie what happens when she opens it fast. The mannequin Ferris does flips all around the room. And then he has to, like, uh, you know, he has to set up the, the recording thing, which... Well, th- I guess we'll probably talk about next minute because yeah. that's when you actually see it. He, this whole process of setting up the room, gotta take at least a couple hours. And we've established it's not even lunchtime yet. Like, it, Varys is uh, very obsessive when he needs to be. Maybe I... this isn't the first time he's set this up. Oh, see, I actually have, I have a theory. Oh, I think okay. It, I think it is the first time he set this up. And I think that he has had exactly nine days to set oh. up all of this stuff to lead to Wait, this day. <laughs> that, that all his, his other absences nine days were all for this. Yes. For planning this out. Yes. Wow. That's what I think. So that, take- that situation that John is talking about where he had to like come in and out of his room <laughs> to make sure that it works. That was on a day off. That was on was one like, of those days that he was two. playing hooky. Yeah. But then he has to take it all down well, again, right? But because but he can he can put little little he can put little marks on the on the you know on the twine and everything to know exactly where to set it up again. Mm-hmm. So it won't take. That and long like next his time. parents may not notice that he's drilled a little hole and and inside a, a load bearing thingy. I don't. Well, I think there's guys, so much else going cool on in things. his bedroom. I don't know anything manly is what this week is showing off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know cars, I don't know sports, and I don't know tools. I think we're all in the My same bad. place here, guys. It's fine. I, it's I like, so, Scott, and, I like this and, theory. Okay, here's the thing. It also, it turns the mannequin over, which, why would it, here's the thing. This whole thing isn't needed. Why does the mannequin need to turn over when she opens so the door? So it looks alive. Well, yeah. 
Because if it was just laying there still, it it mm-hmm. it would it, there's no if there's motion to it, it's more convincing that this is actually Ferris and not just the plastic figure from behind his door. Right. And okay, and but, but she I, opens the she opens the door twice, so she sees Ferris rolls back over and then rolls again every yep. time she opens the door. I yeah. Well, and she also doesn't seem to notice that uh her son's hand and arm are one <laughs> brown and two not connected <laughs> to each other very well. Like No. There's an I, obvious I think That might be next minute. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, it's here. Like when she sees it roll okay, over, the, the arm time. is sticking mm-hmm. out of the blanket and it's <laughs> Uh, like it, it's a it's a separate like hand and arm. Ferris, uh, you must be so sick. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. What's yeah. happened to you? Your hairless plastic arm just looks the completely wrong color. And oh my god, your hand is like ba- only barely connected. Yeah, you're What's so to you? sick. Oh no, <laughs> the the blue fairy's curse. <laughs> must have happened you're not a real boy anymore (laughs) (laughs) i always used to wonder how she doesn't see the um the trophy i feel like that would be more obvious than that's that's another thing he has to use in his nine days off of setting to find out exactly where the trophy must be positioned so that it's not visible if she stands right here at this part of the if she steps too far into the room Mm -hmm. he's blown but Mm -hmm. he knows his mother well enough. that's another thing like i was saying okay here's here's the weird state of Katie Bueller is she will so- she will not softly knock on the door or say, Ferris, are you in there? Both things that I would do, you know. I mean, I do that when I'm checking in on my cat, and he's not going to say, yeah, what up? I'm here. I'm, I'm Ferris Bueller. I'm a cat. Because <laughs> my cat's not named Ferris Bueller. Also, because he can't talk. He's a cat. She doesn't go... but So she's not, like, respecting his privacy enough to knock or say his name, but she is enough to not like go in and ask him do you need anything or check his temperature check his appearance at all she doesn't like you know check out his weird mannequin arm she doesn't you know (laughs) ask if he needs anything she doesn't bring anything up for him she just she went home specifically just to open the door and look Mm -hmm. yeah she she doesn't want to disturb him he's trying to get better well then don't open the door you've got a test don't come home (laughs) Aww. Is this is this her lunch hour? Is she taking that whole time just to check on fair? Yeah, I'm assuming it is, so. Yeah. It is really blatant how favorite how the favoritism in this movie works what? with uh, with Jean and Ferris. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Victoria's favorite character is definitely Jean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the one who gets arrested for um, <laughs> r- reporting a potential yeah. assault. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. Ugh, I almost wanted the the Sheen minutes if I was to like specifically pick a, a time in this movie like i didn't realize it until after i was like looking at this movie for for these minutes but geez can you imagine like reporting a crime to the police and they're like oh well we gotta take you in it's because yeah. there's not an intruder in your house trying to like steal from you or assault you or anything you you must be lying because he's not still here that's sorry that's i'm skipping way ahead i'm actually bad. yeah because now now i'm just thinking like what happened where does rooney go in that moment when the police show up because he is at the house when ferris gets back that's for later we'll talk about that later <laughs> but now now you've got the gears turning in my head and it's really problematic <laughs> yeah it is i mean that is that that's the uh 
pardon me, but that's that's like that's the rape culture minute mm. is oh, yeah. what it is. Oh yeah, and it's the you start to remember that the actor playing Ed Rooney like mm. is kind of a kind of uh, yeah. There's some ew. there's some it's troublesome. We've uh, talked around it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to talk about it when the actual like prowler thing happens. But, yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get there. Let's not. Let's not. Let's. <laughs> hey guys, let's not talk about like no creepy child porn things. Like, let's not do that. Let's talk about other things. What are we gonna talk about? Else? Let's talk about. <laughs> let's talk about Katie Bueller saying, "Bless his little heart." Bless his little heart. <laughs> I yeah. It. I mean, because right now. Right now, not only is is my cat sick, but my girlfriend is just is is sick as well. So I've been um, just taking care of sick things Aww. for the last couple of days, um, like nonstop. So I I keep like being like, "Oh, you angel, you're sleeping." At someone who's just like, <laughs> "Bless your it's little very, heart." I mean, she's very she's very motherly, and she's very. It's weird again how protective she is of Ferris when she just yells at her daughter all the time. Ugh. Her eyes are her eyes are incredibly well lit in that mm-hmm. bit with her saying the bless his little heart because she's got like <laughs> got like the nice like light kind of like spots yeah. in her eyes like just gives them that glow. It's really good. Well, it's a really great shot. Yeah, Ferris took eight days off to set up the whole contraption, and then was like, "I need to take another day off to see that it lights the eyes well." <laughs> He gets some studio lighting in there. Yeah. Open the window, the blinds, just the right amount. You know, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Ferris had set up a camera in his room for this, though. While uh, setting all this up, why not get some glamour shots done for mom? (laughs) Mom, this is what you look like. She gets, if she figured him out, he'd be like, yeah, but mom, we got some really good shots of you. You can use this as like headshots. We've got you being sad about me. Um, we've got you being concerned. We've got you being angry when you find out my ruse. You've got me ye- you yelling at me. I mean, you send this in to any agent, and I mean, you you can at least get like a small time gig on. You know, you could be an extra. You, can, you know, work your way up, mom. You can really do this. And she's like, "Well, Ferris, you are a manipulative sociopath who's been destroying the lives of both your friends and your family. So I guess I guess you're right. Cool. We love you, son. Even though you have no feelings for us, because you have no feelings for anyone." You monster. <laughs> Sorry. Ferris is a very bad... He's, the, he's got some of the traits of the worst human beings who have ever existed. It's a little touchy. Hmm. I, I've been uh, into, like, researching about, like, serial killers lately, and it, oh. Ferris is a lot of sociopathic traits. Oh. It's very disturbing. Hmm. Uh, hard disagree, but okay. <laughs> Earlier... Oh, like earlier minute, but he did like say to his dad, "Yeah, I love you," and then just like hang up the phone and go. That guy falls for everything, Matt, 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 Matt. He he says whatever I... he can to get people to do what he wants, and he doesn't feel anything for anybody. I, we actually, I think we Scott, we had you on for that minute, right? Like yeah. the first time, I was, and and yeah. I. I think we. I think that Ferris genuinely means it when he tells his dad he loves him too. Like it. It feels more. It. It doesn't feel. Uh, fabricated. No. You know. It's. Yeah. It's of not course it he... doesn't because he's a master actor. He's a master liar. He's a sociopath. I mean, think of how many times it's in like, this movie it's like arguing with Gary King. No You're reason. like literally Gary King, John Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like, I li- you literally can't argue with you because any point that we rise, you're just like, that's h- the whole part of the conspiracy, man. That's what <laughs> freaking aliens. Do, it's, all, it's all connected. <laughs> sociopaths, it, like, they, they learn how to perfectly mimic emotions to, to, to get what they want. That's all that they are. It's like the whole... Th- their entire personality that you see is a facsimile of a real I think person. that's a romanticization of actual sociopaths. Uh, you mean like this movie? The romanticization of an actual sociopath stay off? No. But you're doing yeah, it again. You j- literally title. just did what I just made fun of you for. <laughs> literally again. Um. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm not going to argue with you on that because that would do the same thing. <laughs> um, I'm just really committed to the idea that Ferris Bueller is a terrible human being. You, 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 and you and Victoria both. Um, well, okay, he's a terrible human being, except for he's not a human being because he's a. Thing. No, <laughs> I refuse. Let's. I just let's not dig I back into love, that. I love that John's making you pick one. Either he's a terrible human being, or he doesn't exist. <laughs> He's like either the, a manifestation of well, he's a manifestation of Cameron's id, either symbolically in the movie, symbolically as a human being because he's a sociopath, or symbolically as a imaginary friend. Like it's several layers deep, but I mean, in this movie, he is Cameron's id. So if you extrapolate from that, I mean, you can go all the way to the Tyler Durden route, which you know I'll acknowledge is not exactly uh, not the, the smoothest canon, but you know. He's he's very, it's very deliberate that Ferris Bueller is everything Cameron isn't. I think that is mm-hmm. correct, and I think that is true. I but that doesn't mean that they don't exist. But I do think that John Hughes wrote them to be three th- those three uh, personality. Oh whatever, yeah, like the the id and the super, the ego the and ego the super, and ego. super ego. Yeah, yeah. I think all, I think the three of them represent those three things. Yes. I can see that. I wish Sloane did more in this movie, guys. Me too. We all wish Sloane did more in this movie. <laughs> Me too. I mean, she's not like Jennifer Parker levels. No. Or like Bo Peep levels. Right. Or someone in Spider-Man doesn't do anything. I guess it's kind of kind of Mary Jane levels. But still, underappreciated female characters, man. Oh, she was, she was uh, my crush for a long time as a kid. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, I I don't I kind of I kind of prefer Jean Jeannie. I mean, yeah. So did so did Ferris though. I mean, they actually dated. Yes, right? that is Him true. We mm-hmm. we talked about it. It's funny because they shot the stuff. This stuff that happens in the house, all the upstairs stuff, um, at the end. So the sequence at the beginning of the movie when he's faking out his parents. Uh, on the commentary track, John Hughes mentions that the parents, the actors that played the parents, were both dating and 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 were planning on getting married. And Ferris and Jeannie were both dating. So in the sequence when the four of them are in the room together, he's like, it was really weird because everybody in this scene is in love. <laughs> like, that's so strange. He has a point, but it's very weird. Mm-hmm. Well, Matthew Broderick can feel love because he's not. Sorry, I keep going back to this well. <laughs> Nine oh. times. Nine times. Uh, uh, this is a very... um. This is a quick minute. I don't feel like I have anything more for this one. 
Mm-mm. Yeah, it's not. A, it's not a. It's not a meaty. It's not a meaty, meaty minute. No, Mm-mm. not really. I have. I have stuff. I have. I have John Hughes related stuff. I want to talk about tomorrow, but um, okay. But yeah. Awesome. Oh, I will right. say. I will say this. Uh, this movie taught me how to uh, write screenplays. Hmm. Um, because I didn't know how to write a script before. Uh, like I didn't know how to do it. And my dad, uh, bought me a screenwriting software when I was like oh. 12, 13. Cause I wanted it cause I wanted to learn how to write movies. Sure. And I didn't know how to write a movie. So I didn't want to write one of my movies. So I wrote Ferris Bueller. So I just nice. would watch it. Oh, you like copy and like transcribed. Yeah, so I would. Yeah, I would. I would watch it and then I would transcribe it, but I wouldn't do like, when you look up like transcriptions and it's just like dialogue, like I would write action and everything. Like I would oh. just, I would write mm-hmm. it like a script. Like it looked like a script when I was done. When um, I started taking my notes for this show, because for mm-hmm. Harry Potter, it's just kind of bullet points. Cause I, I feel like I have a lot more of the Harry Potter stuff in my head after reading the book so much and watching this movie so much. But like when I started doing my notes for this one, I did kind of want to do write out some of the dialogue, take kind of like a little summary of the minute so that I'd be a little bit more prepared. And mm-hmm. I think my first like two weeks of notes look like a script where it's got like everything. And mm-hmm. now it's, now it has just kind of boiled down to just like the lines of dialogue and particular notes about things that happen that I want to talk about. Right. Um, See, but yeah, I remember, me, I was... remember specifically watching, I remember doing this scene and having to write this and knowing the rule of like a page of a screenplay is a page of a, is a minute of the movie. And so like, I just tried to, fi- so I was like <laughs> movies by minutes. I was movies by minutesing like before <laughs> that was even a thing. I didn't even know. Oh, um, that's amazing. Yeah. See, this is, this is almost a weird uh, flip on you, Scott, but like for me, what really taught me uh, how to write, uh, like a cohesive plot was because I don't I don't write so much screenplays. I mean I have a little bit, but um, but it was Back to the Future oh. honestly because I had the whole trilogy as like this is why I'm disappointed that I got into podcasting basically as Back to the Future minute was wrapping up because I basically my um, my like middle school experience was sitting in my basement watching taped Back to the Future trilogy from TBS with the. <laughs> With the uh, censorship and everything, like, uh, Marty McFly never said holy shit. He said, holy jeez. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, and, and you know, stuff like that. So I, I watched these over and over and over again. Like, I knew exactly how long to fast forward to get past the commercials. <laughs> and so, like, that kind of, you know, the whole note guard method, the uh, setting up beats and, and vaguely hinting at things so you can expand them later mm-hmm. when you actually think of them like that's kind of how i write a lot that's fascinating yep. same guys movies are good mm-hmm. movies are good mm-hmm. all right i think we should put this one to bed <laughs> let's go back okay. to we'll come let's back put tomorrow. it to bed put it and to then bed. attach a Aww, string to a mannequin and put that in the bed <laughs> <laughs> the sleeping podcast angel Aww, nine so- times <laughs> 